You're listening to the Simple Growth Podcast, the show that helps business owners get their life back. Here's your host, Mike Callahan. Welcome back to the SA Weekly Talk Show. Your host, Mike Callahan, with special guest, Tina Service. I've been waiting, Tina, for probably a couple months to get you on. You are a busy, busy lady uh, running one, possibly two different um, cleaning locations, as well as some new things that we're going to be talking about, I'm sure, later today. Um, with your background of where you kind of cut your teeth in the cleaning industry as well as HR. Um, but I guess this is probably one of the coolest uh, interviews for me is Tina's going to give you some background on her cleaning business. But um, I have never had the pleasure of actually having a, a guest on the SA Weekly Talk Show where I actually see what they're talking about from a consumer standpoint. So Tina's business made for time in upstate New York actually cleans my personal residence. So her team was actually here on Wednesday and we'll talk about um, some of the things that she's going to be talking about and how um, they work. Uh, but I can tell you, and I, I, I'll give some candid feedback. So you, you, the pressure is going to be on Tina, but um, I'll give you some candid feedback of, of Tina really knows what she's talking about here because I've seen it firsthand from the consumer standpoint. So Tina, I really appreciate you joining us. I know we were, we got uh, tied up about a month ago with your crazy schedule. We couldn't make it happen, but the, the floor is yours. But before we really dive into it, Tina, would you mind if people haven't heard about you and um, you know how you're going in and creating the art and science of turning dirt into cash money? Um, how did you cut your teeth in the cleaning industry? And um, if you wouldn't mind talking about your background in HR and how did you go from HR to cleaning? Crazy, right? <laughs> it's almost as crazy as lawn care to software and consulting, but um, I know those, those are the pivots that we make. So uh, floor is yours. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Mike, for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, so uh, let's see. I started off as an HR director for a company in Rochester, high tech company. That's where I kind of got my my uh, you know my feet wet in the um, HR world. That company actually sent me to uh, school to get my bachelor's degree in organizational development and behavior science. I've since gone on and gotten my master's in IO psychology, which is industrial organization. So. I definitely have the background of HR. I love HR. I love the psychology component and like getting teams to work, you know, well together. Um, I I started my very first business back in 2007. It was a food franchise. And if you're familiar with like Blue Apron or things of that, and Mike, I don't even know if you know this, but it was Make and Take Gourmet. They had a, a location in Victor and, and stuff like that. But um I did that and uh, started it in 2007. In 2008, the, the recession happened and bye-bye, make and take gourmet. So I had to make a decision. Do I want to go back to the corporate world and get back into HR or do I want to figure out what I want to do next? So long story short, I was at a cheer competition and I'm a gabber. So I start talking to another mom and I said, what do you do for a living? And she says, I clean houses. And I said, people pay you for that? Like she had two heads and she looked at me like I had four and she said, yeah, people pay me for that. And I said, okay, how much do you make per house? And she's like, hundred dollars. I'm like, how many houses do you do a week? And she's like, 10, 12. I'm like, can you teach me how to clean? <laughs> <laughs> so off I went in the cleaning industry and uh, cleaned for about six months. And I probably cried every day. I did not want to be a cleaner. I wanted to run and own a business. And um, so after six months, I started hiring on people. And, um, you know, it's it's definitely 
hiring cleaners is way different than hiring PhDs and engineers. But, you know, in this crazy world of recruiting, you have to use the same tactics, you know? So, so that's how I got started. Wow. So I, I wasn't even aware of the food industry. So serial entrepreneur here. So in and out, uh, several different businesses. Um, I believe you sold actually one of your businesses when you got back into HR as well, correct? So you've actually gone through the entire life cycle of actually building a scalable business that can actually run without you and eventually be sold. And then you ended up getting back into cleaning. So um, if we have some time, maybe we'll touch on that as well. Um, sure. But before we really dive into it, I, I think at least in the lawn care and home cleaning industry as well, because we're working with hundreds of clients in both industries, among, amongst other service businesses, the biggest topic right now that I'm seeing, and I'm probably you're seeing, is um, basically unemployment and the inability to get qualified employees to basically get hired, but let alone get them to show up to an interview. So yeah. you're going to be talking about basically this paradigm shift. It, it, in my opinion, it's already kind of happening or is happened. Um, but how do we address that and go out and stack that virtual bench? So Jonathan Potoshnik of the Lawn Care Millionaire, co-founder of Service Autopilot, um, and I have been talking about going out and recruiting and the tactics to it. But uh, folks, if you're watching this, the game has changed. So some of those things that we talked about three to four years ago, they're applicable. But Tina is an expert in HR and how to get these people on the phone or in your office or over a screen share to interview them and get them going. So the timing couldn't be any more perfect to actually talk about this. So as we're diving into this, Tina, um, the first thing that comes to my mind is objective and strategy of actually going out and recruiting. Mm -hmm. So my guess is if you don't have a strategy, you're probably not going to win the game. You need to know where you're going if you want to get there. So uh, what are your thoughts on that kind of that, that, um, that theory? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're on point with that. And, you know, we'll come back to the unemployment stuff as we talk about what's in it for them towards the end of this conversation. But I mean, really, if you don't have an outline or a map or a GPS of where you're going and what you want to do, I mean, just, it's like throwing, you know, spaghetti at the wall. Let's see what sticks. So I always say you have to really have a good recruiting objective and strategy. And a lot of times, um, you know, corporations will go into this and just go, I need to fill a seat. I need to fill the seat. Like if they're breathing and they have a heartbeat, you know, the mirror, uh, whatever, <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. the breathing. We've all been there. I mean, if they got a let's, pulse, let's get them on a team. We got to get some work done. Right. But, um, you know, you have to be ahead of the curve. So my biggest thing is, and especially with this paradigm shift that's going on, if you don't have a plan in place to be ahead of this recruiting challenges, then you're going to lose out. Like you, the demand is so high for cleaning right now and people have a choice. So really getting together, like how many positions do you want to fill? Um, when do you want to have that filled by? How many applicants do you actually want to be filling your funnel and taking up your time? So I think a lot of times what happens is people just want to fill the funnel, right? But what takes the most amount of time is qualifying those individuals. So it's like really being specific of who are you looking for? What type of individual? Um, and putting that plan together, if, if that makes sense. No, it, it makes sense. So kind of diving into that a little bit deeper. So like if I'm putting that plan together in my lawn care or home cleaning business or any service business. So, I mean, obviously Tina's an expert and she's owned and run several cleaning businesses that um, are, are very successful. And, and 
it absolutely sometimes an absentee owner running some of these businesses out of state, which is is mind blowing. Um, so very similar to what we're seeing with a lot of other very successful business owners that have dialed in this HR strategy. Um, but what kind of goals are we are we setting here, Tina? Are we saying X amount of interviews a week or X amount of applicants? Or uh, I'm assuming that maybe there's a Google Doc or a dry erase board or something. Are we actually setting like this is what our goal is each week or each day? Or what does that look like in a service business right now? Yeah, totally. So the way that we do it in our business is that I know um, we hire independent contractors, but that doesn't mean that there's not a, a, a time frame to get them from starting to being a good independent contractor, right? And this model works for either employees or ICs. So um, I know that I have to be three weeks ahead, right? So I'm always recruiting for three weeks forward. So that means if I bring on one or two or three people, like we just over the past seven days, I hired six people. So I am staggering them throughout the process to make sure that they're trained, that they show up, that they have, you know, good skill set, all of that stuff that goes along. Because if you feel like you're going to bring in one person and then I'm sure everybody has experienced this, they bring somebody on or they hire them and they don't show up. What's your backup plan? right so you have to be ahead of that curve you have to be ahead of i know i need someone starting monday but you should have been looking for them three weeks ago right so interesting so that was you kind of led me to or almost answered my next question so um you built some redundancy in there so you're saying if i need to hire one individual a cleaner or a lawn care tech or pest control tech it's probably not enough to hire just one person but you're going to hire two or three for that position so the magic number is three awesome three um, and, and along that, I, I know we're going to kind of talk about identifying who we're recruiting, I'm, I'm assuming in this part, but um, far as that strategy, are you going out for someone potentially with that skill set of, of a cleaner or a technician in other service industry that has experience, or is it more of a cultural fit far as like mission, vision, values, or um, an aptitude for work ethic and detail and honesty? Um, are, are those things going through your head when you're going out? to create that strategy um, first? Yeah, I mean, to your point, I think it's um, twofold, right? So I can teach cleaning all day long, right? We can teach cleaning, but what we really need is to make sure the culture is set up so that we are getting success with our people so that we, have, we don't have attrition, right? So what I look for in my business is number one, I would love if they came in with cleaning experience already, right? But if they don't, then I start to look at those other skill sets that work really well in my industry and any customer service type industry. So did they work at a restaurant? Did they work, were they like a, a CNA or did they work with anyone who had disabilities? Did they work with seniors? So this is all, you know, definitely focused on the cleaning industry or like carpet cleaning. But if they have those customer service skill set, like even working at Lowe's, right? Lowe's or Home Depot or Target, you can find some really good people that have the skill set. I can teach them how to clean all day long. Um, so we definitely look outside of the box, right? And in my industry, again, um, I mean, I guess if we talk a little bit about the unemployment and the way that the... Uh, the whole pandemic is happening is that you're going to find that people may have changed jobs frequently. And I remember back and, and probably you can relate to this and most likely everyone listening to this is that when you were in your, you know, 18, 19, your early twenties, 
maybe you were a job hopper. <laughs> I don't know, you know, because you're trying to figure out life at that time. And maybe you did start off as like a waitress and you were like, this is horrible. I can remember working at Champion. Do you remember Champion? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I absolutely hated factory work. Uh, and that's where I learned. Uh, they they tell me when I can go to the bathroom, like, I don't like this. So if you would have looked at my resume back in my early 20s, you would have seen I was a job hopper. So I do take a look at that because, you know, everybody, if they have most of the skill set, I'd like to find out, like, what happened? Why did they have, you know, five jobs over the past two or three years? Or what were the gaps in their in their resume? Did they do the whole stay at home mom thing or dad thing? Um, you know, so it's just having an open mind because the resume doesn't, it's just a snapshot in time. Gotcha. So, um, are there specific areas that you're suggesting around that? So you've got the Lowe's, the Home Depot, waitressing, um, a lot of things like there's a, there's an avatar or kind of what my ideal client looks like. Are you kind of looking like, so what does my avatar or the demographic, like where, you know, that ideal, um, that ideal cleaner, that ideal lawn care guy or girl looks like. So like, I know a lot of the folks that work for us at Callahan's throughout the years, they were really big into the outdoors and fishing and hunting. Yeah. Now my idea of roughing is the holiday in because there's not room service. Let's, <laughs> let's just face it. With the guys are pretty bananas. I'm with you. So, uh, and, and, you know, so that's, that's just kind of like me, but the majority of the, the guys and girls that we hired had a, a thrill for the outdoors. They like doing that. They're working outside. So I'm assuming in the cleaning industry, there may be a certain avatar that you're going after. So I'm, I'm curious if you kind of peel the levels back. Is there um, an ideal avatar that you're kind of going after? Um, and that'll probably mm -hmm. lead into my next question of probably like, okay, now that we want, if we do have an avatar, maybe we want to see where that avatar is hanging out to go find those people. Uh, but right. I guess the first question is, do you have a, a kind of an avatar that you imagine like maybe crazy enough to like, hey, this is Jill. This is what Jill does during the day. This is what Jill's activities likes to do. Like these are the kind of people Jill hangs out with. Do we actually have a name to that avatar or is it just, do we have something that is tangible that you can think about when you're going out and looking for those people? Yeah. So we just made an avatar named Jill. All right. There we <laughs> so go. Make it happen. Jill folks. is, you know, in my industry, we're open to either full-time or part-time. And that's part of that paradigm shift that we'll talk about uh, again towards the end with what's in it for them. And I'll, I'll dig deeper into that. But let's just take Jill as, as she wants to work a full-time schedule, but her full-time for her is she wants to work nine to three, okay? For me, I don't care. I mean, nine to three is fine with me, um, but she's got to have really good customer service. She's got to be um, punctual. She's got to care, right? So they want to go in and make a difference in people's lives and they find satisfaction in that. So again, going back to like, what are the other types of jobs they may or may not have been doing? Those types of jobs are going to be your customer service. They're going to be your restaurant workers. They're going to be bartenders. They're going to be um, individuals that may be working uh, with seniors, right? So seniors is a good one. I have found when I bring on someone that was working with seniors, they love working with the seniors, but the younger ones, so the individuals that are in their, you know, 20s and 30s that are working with them, they're getting bored working with the seniors. But the older ladies, you know, the 40, 50, 60, I guess if that's older, whatever, 
<laughs> we won't define that too much. Like, let's um, not age those, aside the pit camera, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those individuals are, you know, they're very satisfied with working with seniors because it's their pace, right? Where the younger individuals are like, I'm bored. Like, let's go. I I, I need to keep moving. And and actually, that's another point. Um, I have hired some people that were office workers and the reason that they wanted to come and do a cleaning position is because they couldn't stand sitting in a chair all day, eight hours a day. Um, you know, I can share with you, my daughter has been cleaning with me since I started the business and I can tell you that she will never work in an office. She is very much like athletic. She's going to be out on the field, you know, she's going to school for sports psychology. So she's not going to sit at a desk. It's not going to make her happy. So I guess if you were going to define the avatar, it's an active person that's, you know, and, you know, with the resumes, you will find that some people are coming from a desk job um, and they want to transition because they're like, they can't stand it, you know? Interesting. So um, you mentioned one thing I wanted to hit on because this is a hot topic in pretty much every service industry or vertical that we, we we interact and work with and talk to in the SA community is that you mentioned ICs, independent contractors, basically a 1099 um, contractor. But I, I've got to assume, so if you're saying this works for your 1099 or IC contractor, um, we're going out, I'm assuming, and you've, you've had internal employees before as well or you know for other businesses you work for. Is it the same approach for an IC, an independent contractor, 1099 versus employee, or is there, is there, and obviously you work with companies helping them do this. So is there a different approach or any fine, subtle things that we should be aware of if we're doing contractors, employees, or is it pretty much the same people are people? So I think the, my philosophy is the approach is the same. Legally, there's different things that you have to do yeah, from a department sure. of labor and federal law, but Again, with this paradigm shift, you can't be old school anymore. Old school is like gone are the days of the IBM suits and ties, right? That, I mean, those have been gone for a while. Right. But now we're even going to this next level where people really want flexibility. They, they don't want to work 40 hours a week. And I'm okay with that, right? And if you take that from an employee standpoint, it really, it's not going to, it's gonna, not going to have a negative impact on your workers' comp, your disability, your unemployment. It's not going to affect it because workers' comp is, you know, pay as you go 99% of the time. Your disability is the same thing. Are you counting them as a full-time or a part-time? And then um, the unemployment is the same thing. So they're, you're only going to be rated if they file for unemployment based on whatever. So bringing on someone that only wants to work two days a week might be, I mean, that might be your best cleaner ever. So from the philosophy or legal standpoint, yeah, there's a, a bunch of differences between IC and employee, but from a recruiting standpoint, my philosophy is no, you can utilize that same hiring tactic. You just have to be, you have to change your mindset on if you're only doing full time, you might want to start thinking about having much more flexible schedule for them. That's interesting. And then obviously working with with some of the top cleaning companies, I, I get that. So coming from the lawn care industry, like my my initial knee jerk reaction before working with the cleaning industry, be like, whoa, wait a minute, we've got two guys or girls on a truck, and mm -hmm. that's you know four or five day schedule. How do I do that? But I, I honestly, and, and without mentioning names, some of the lawn care companies and pest control companies that we're working with are um, actually scheduling in 
um, part-time workers to fill that gap just like you are. Now, most cleaning companies, uh, from my experience, and you obviously would have just as much experience, are usually solo cleaners. So if you're from the lawn care industry or pest control industry, um, stay tuned because some of the most important things I've learned in my business journey has been from the home cleaning industry. So uh, their perspective and vice versa uh, some of the cleaning folks have learned from the lawn care people, some of the, because it's just, it's the same thing, but it's a different perspective. Um, but I think as someone coming from the lawn care industry, I would highly suggest if you're watching this, open your mind up. Cause what Tina is talking about right now is working for a lot of the lawn care and pest control companies. Now you may say, how do you bridge that gap, Mike? Well, what we're seeing with a lot of them that are being successful is they're creating on-demand floaters that are on call they can be close to your shop or wherever you guys go within 10 to 15 minutes, they can be there. Is it ideal if you have a no call, no show? No, but you still get eight to 10 hours worth of work getting done. And I'm assuming Tina, if you do a deep clean or top to bottom deluxe and for our lawn care friends, that's our initial clean yeah. um, that, that gets, gets everything set up very similar to like a spring cleaning before you have your maintenance clean, but your, your deep clean is going to be the baseboards wiping down the shades where maintenance clean is just your reoccurring maintenance clean. Um, are you still handling that? Um, a deep clean, is that still a solo cleaner if you have a compressed availability? Or are you hitting it with two solos, hitting that deep cleaner top to bottom deluxe? We always do two. It's just too much for one person. Um, sometimes we'll even do three if it's a really large home. Um, but yes, to your point, we always put two on it. Okay. And then the next question, kind of diving into it, it was really great start. Awesome stuff is how are you reaching them? How do you find them? Um, and, and where, where, where else may this demographic hang out? So you've kind of defined that avatar. Um, mm -hmm. You've mentioned like the Lowe's, the Home Depot, um, but is there particular areas to a employee or an IC or a 1099 that you're finding a better uh, area to look for? Like, is it potentially um, in the lawn care industry, like we would go to our vendors because that would be a great place where they hung out um, and, and we'd find if they were disgruntled. Uh, in the cleaning industry specifically, because that's where you're at, is there, um, and actually it wasn't with you, but I've had male cleaners in here. So it's not necessarily, it's stereotypical that it's a female cleaner because it can be either one right. if you're watching this and you've never worked with a cleaner. But is there certain areas that that demographic or avatar um, potentially hang out, whether it's online or offline? Like where are you finding that most talent pool at? I mean, maybe we're going yeah. to Lone Star and having dinner and scoping some, uh, some waiters and waitresses out. You never know. Yeah, exactly. And um, I will um, share that uh, there's some other cleaning companies out there that have a card that like a business card that says, you know, you're wonderful. So they may have noticed someone like a waitress or whatever at a um, at a restaurant that they thought were had phenomenal customer service and they hand them the card and say, hey, you know, reach out, reach out to us. We'd like to talk to you a little bit more about, you know, coming to work for us. So I definitely keep your eye. I mean, like fast food restaurants, right? I mean, you can find some amazing people there. Um, I think for us, um, we do a lot of most of our we advertise on Indeed and Facebook. So on Indeed, you have to get extremely creative with your ads, right? So the ad that I just posted said uh, we're currently looking for time savers and um family finders i th i think that's what i i put on as the headline so it basically and then it said professional cleaners right and then i explained in that ad hey listen if you like seeing your the results of your work and your customer saying to us you literally have changed my life 
then we want to hear from you. You're the kind of person, you know, that we want to talk to. Um, so I hope that answered your question. No, it's exactly <laughs> what I'm looking for. Cause it, 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 let's face it, whether you're Facebook, you're indeed, um, you know, Craigslist, whatever that is, like it's inundated right now. And it's, it's almost like the home market. I don't know if the rest of the nation's like this, but in upstate New York right now, the, there is no supply for the demand of houses. So like literally some of these houses are going 70, 80,000 above like what they're worth. Like eventually it's going to drop out, but that's kind of what we're seeing right now in the labor market. There, the, there is no supply for the demand of labor. So you've got to stick out. You've got to be different. Um, and I think that kind of gets into one of my final questions is it, I'm assuming it's not about us, the employer anymore, because we've got to go out and court these people. We've got to get them and we've got to be different. So Tina, what's in it for them? Why do they want to come work for made for time as an yeah. IC? And why are you different than the, the company down the street that's paying the same or maybe more? Like, how can you provide something different to attract these rock star cleaners you got in the house? I know you had one of your new cleaners training here at the house this week and she was phenomenal. Um, I mean, not to get into the details, but I mean, like, I think she was training around a top to bottom or deep clean. I mean, she was on her hands and knees, like literally spit shining the dead, the, uh, the molding on the floor. And like, I know that's not part of the maintenance clean, but, um, uh, the main cleaner that was tra training her, like was literally running her through and I wasn't trying to be all up in her business, but I popped up from the basement <laughs> office just to check it out because I've heard about the way you train your cleaners and it's consistent product um, and fulfillment each time. Like it's, it's unbelievable. So I kind of wanted to sneak, take a sneak peek out of your playbook to see like, what were you doing with these cleaners to make this work? But um, you said you just hired three, three or six new cleaners, like six, 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 so because I'm ahead of the curve, right? So what did you, you do? What is in it. it for that girl that was literally for 45 minutes on her hands and knees, killing herself with a smile and yeah. saying hello to me. So what was in it? What, what's the secret saucer? Yeah. So Avery is her name. And um, Avery, I found her at a restaurant. So she, okay. So we'll, we'll just talk about New York for a little bit. So New York, um, you know, with the pandemic, um, a lot of restaurants have been um, challenged, right? To say the least. So extremely. Yeah. <laughs> COVID is alive I mean, and well in upstate New York, as far as uh, restaurants and bars, let's put it that way. Yeah. And she, um, she needs to work. Right. And she's not afraid of hard work. And I knew what's so funny is like when I, when I called her, I mean, I've been doing recruiting for so long. I think you can just tell if somebody is going to be a good candidate or not. So on the phone, I could tell, like, I didn't even need to do a zoom interview with her, but I did. Right. Um, but with her, I could just tell on the phone that she wants to work. She likes to work. She has great customer service. Um, but, you know, if we talk about what's in it for them, so so the HR community, which I'm still very much a part of, specifically in Rochester and, and around the country, but specifically in Rochester, people have choices right now, right? <clears throat> so if we're talking about employees, they have a choice. Without getting into the politics of unemployment, what we know is that the federal government has extended unemployment out until the end of the year. Okay. So that means people can be a little more selective because they have, I guess you could say some people have a cushion, right? When it comes to choosing what they want to go and do. And the other thing is they are challenged with balancing working from home 
having their kids not in school full time, which I know that some schools are starting to get, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> My hairline is receding in front of every Facebook Live as we go weekly here. So kids are going back next week. <laughs> right? So they really have a choice when it comes to selecting who do they want to go and work for, and they're being more picky, right? Fine, let them be picky. So you have to figure out what's in it for them. And each person is going to have a different, you know, what's in it for them. But in my industry, what I've seen in Rochester is they want a flexible schedule. They don't want, and this is going to probably really bother people who have employees, but I'm just going to share with you when I was in HR way back, okay, in the early 2000s, we offered flexible schedules to all of our employees. So whether they were an assembler or they were one of the engineers, we said, I don't care what time you show up to work as long as you get the work done, right? But that means once you commit to a schedule, you're committed to it, right? So if you say you're going to be here at nine o'clock, I expect you here at nine o'clock every day. That's our schedule. So that's what that's what word on the street is, is that people are looking for that flexibility. But I think the other thing that's really important, I'm going to read from my screen here. So they did a survey on talent and people looking for positions. And I have two statements that I'm going to read. So one of them came from somebody who was a candidate and their response was they called me, they the company, they called me regularly to see if I had any questions. That showed they were really interested in me. So even if it's you hired them, right? What's your follow-up process after you've brought them on board? So most people just go, oh, they're, they're living, they're breathing, they're working, they're filling what I need to have done. But what you forgot about is them, right? Yep. So when's the last time you reached out to a new hire and said, hey, how's it going? What can we be doing differently? How was your first week? right? You got to be on top of it because if not, they're going to be like, you're just another employer. Why do I want to work for you? Why do I want to scrub a toilet versus going to work at McDonald's where I don't have to scrub any toilets, right? Yeah, it's, it's true. And I cut yeah. my teeth in scrubbing toilets. So I, I did some commercial office cleaning. I don't know if you knew that, but I was the break no. room in the restrooms and that was, uh, was eye-opening, but it paid for spring break. So it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was it was a battle, but we got through it. But uh, I do have some respect for that. I, I get it. And you've got to have a process and system to standardize it. So uh, one of the things you hit on there was, was interesting is like you've got to, even after you hire them, they're still got the opportunity to go work somewhere else. And that first exactly. thing, even 90 days is just like a new client. That's the biggest like churn or cancellation mm -hmm. or they're, they're going to leave. Um, so Jill's on, on the Simple Growth team just started this Monday. I've spent three hours with him over the last two days and the conversation between five and five fifteen. um, after work, he's like, Hey, can you touch base with me? It, it, while I was picking the kids up, like, was that honestly the, the thing I absolutely wanted to do? I did because I respect Jill's and he joined the team and I wanted to be successful, but I needed to let him know that. Yeah. As the business owner, the strategic objective person driving the vision, of this, this company is I care about you. What's the issue? It wasn't an issue. Right. He just wanted to give me some feedback. He had some questions and the guy was great, but it's interesting what you, what you mentioned there. Um, and going from the lawn care company to when we sold, I think we had 19 or 20 trucks out um, that we ended up you know, selling with the, uh, after the business was sold itself to 
simple growth. Now we're up to 15 or 17 employees. We've just hired four people in the last, like in Q1. Um, and Jill's, Jill's was one of the last hires there, but people are people. I don't care about the industry. I don't care if they're a subcontractor, people are people and they have basic needs. Um, uh, but if I had waited till tomorrow, like the next day to call Jill's and that probably may have been a bad reflection of myself as a leader in the company and how we engage with our team. Um, but mm -hmm. it was literally, the cool thing is he was like, Hey, what is the expectation since it's remote work? Can I leave to go to Dunkin' Donuts at Tim Hortons to get a coffee in my 15 minute break? Do I still need to be available? Right. But I was like, we found somebody, this guy could definitely be part of the team because he gets it. He's being proactive and it's that customer service internal and external. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that, that's really cool that you mentioned that and, and, and it is shifting. So a, totally a lot of shifting. people and without getting into the individual, cause they are really related in the SA ecosystem right now is, is our other hire wanted some flex time um, around their, the things going on in their lives with their kids and that, and that was the biggest, um, um, I, I, I was the biggest like deal breaker. Now they knew the team, they knew the culture yeah. and they're really good fit. But I, I've got to imagine they haven't come out and exactly said that, but that seemed to be a big sticking point. I'm like, listen, you fit the culture. You've got the work ethic. I could trust you. And you fit with the culture and you know the team and you've used our services. So you know what, what we're about, not what we stand for. But if you need some flex time for an hour or two on certain set days, like you said, it's not wide open. Like, hey, I'm going to take a half day because I feel like it. But whatever right. that whatever that conversation is, are these are the times I need to flex in. Great. And then we'll know we make it up and you're available in these times. But that I think we need to get creative in this time. And, and Tina, you're on it. I mean, it's yeah. I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. But I think like if you're watching this, no matter your industry, Tina's nailing it right now. And this is the biggest thing. Um, if I, can, if I can add one thing, Mike, oh, that, yeah. that I would say, I'll probably add more than one, just saying. Ooh. What I would say is the most important thing, and I learned this when I was an HR director, is you have to treat your employees like they're a customer, right? So they are your internal customer. First of all, they're the face of your business. They are the first thing that the client sees. And if you, ha you have to treat them like, a, like they're a customer, right? They're not like this person that you get to, you know, dictate or whatever. And believe me, some companies are like that, right? Oh yeah. But you have to, and so, so we surveyed, I surveyed my cleaners a couple of weeks ago. And the first two questions were, um, why do you work for our, why are you a partner with made for time and why do you stay? Right. So and then, let me guess one of the, the major reason was not money because after you hit those general needs and you satisfy, which I didn't believe in the early days, that's right. Money is not a motivator. And, and like, I just scratched my head and like, we've I, full transparency on the simple growth team. We've sent some pretty hefty Amazon gift cards to our team members. And I'm, the first thing I say is this is to acknowledge and we thank you for what you're doing. But I understand if it's been a rough couple months, cause we've been growing fast. This is not going to fix that problem. This is an acknowledgement, but money is not going to fix the problem. But I'm letting you know I know where you're at and I yeah. know where you're going and I want, I'm there for you. But this is just an acknowledgement. Money on that card has nothing to do with it. And, and literally, they, they've straight up said like, yeah, like that could have been a $1,000 gift card. It wouldn't have moved the needle. Right. Exactly. And that's the case. Yeah. Everybody's motivating factor is different. But to your point, money is usually not the, the determining factor. Yep. Right. And everybody has their own thing and your culture, setting up your culture to, if you don't have a culture, you need a culture. <laughs> so, right. Have you read the book? And so this book, uh, the dream manager. No. Okay. So the dream manager, if, if anybody's watching live recorded, this is a book you, you really want to um, take a look at, but the dream manager was actually based on a 
cleaning business. So I had the pleasure of going out to a, uh, another automation software platform before we automated and before Service Autopilot ever had automations, but uh, it was originally Infusionsoft and it was Infusionsoft by Keep. But the, the point where I'm going here is they had this gentleman, he's been on the SA Weekly talk show, me kind of, I got to get him back, really salty the earth kind of guy. But Dan Ralph's full-time job inside this company was the dream manager. And they had a big wall and it was a chalkboard. And you could literally write down your dream. And as long as it wasn't to be a competitor of this company, and if you were, wanted to be a competitor, like, well, you, that wasn't a good culture fit. You probably need to leave anyways. But if it was like literally to go on vacation or pay off your debt or go back to school, it didn't matter what it was, but, but Dan's full-time job was to take that individual and meet with them and set goal setting and get them to achieve their goals. But their thought process, and this, is, and this was five, six years ago, maybe more than that, but it, it's more relevant than ever. And Tina, you've hit on it is mm -hmm. if we can align with our um, internal clients, our, our basically our employees, dreams and aspirations and what they need as far as flexible work and things like that. Let's face it. They're not going to stay with me for time forever. They're not going to stay with our company forever. We've got probably a three to five, maybe six year shelf life. But I'll tell you what, when you're aligning to them and you care about them and you show them that, Mm -hmm. While they're there during their flex time of their normal hours, they're going to give you 110%. And yep. that was the secret sauce in that business for a long time, that that dream manager specific job was to care about those employees from literally day one when they came in and yep. signed their contract to their exit interview. Um, and I think that was one of the biggest success things that I took and tried to build into my lawn care company before we got acquired. So, um, So I'll share this with you as well. Is that so I work about four hours a week in the business right now, with the exception of what I did with the recruiting over the past seven days. Um, well, it's been two weeks now, but um, over the past couple of weeks, I can tell you that once we get our new um, cleaners onboarded, which is about a three to six week time frame, we almost never hear from them. And that's OK with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because that tells me everything is going fine. My customers are going to give me the feedback that I need and let me know, do I need to reach out? Do I need to talk to this cleaner? What's going on? If I don't hear from them, it's an amazing day. And not because I don't want to talk to them. That just means we're doing something right. Love it. Appreciate it. I know you've got a compressed schedule. I've got to hop on a call in a few minutes. Yes. But you said quality and they, you really like, you know, before like the issue pops up. Um, and the one thing I love, I got to give a big shout out to Martha Woodward and other certified yes. advisor from SA QDS quality driven softwares. I'm loving being on the consumer end and filling out my QDS surveys and, yep. and pumping out those reviews for those Google reviews that she's got going. Uh, your team has got nothing but five-star reviews. They are awesome. What you're doing Thank as far you. as recruiting, bringing a play players in. I know a lot of times at the QDS conference, or when I had a full day talk with Debbie Sardone uh, before one of the QDS conferences, or even the SA talks, we talk about integrity and honesty. And I will tell you, like a lot of times cleaners in the training, I think it was uh, Liz Trotter talked about the honesty test where they plan a $20 bill in the, the master bedroom before the cleaner goes in. And it's like, do they leave it based on the training or do they put it in the nightstand or whatever that is? I will tell you, I have literally left a large amount of cash out by mistake for getting there. And like literally in plain sight and they have left it. So the integrity in the HR, the process you're doing um, is spot on. So I, I want to thank you and congratulate you on that. So thank Tina, you. if people want to learn about HR, the new paradigm shift, how do we get ahead of this chaos? 
um, that's already attacking our service business, whether it's lawn care, home cleaning, obviously your specialties in home cleaning. Um, yeah. But I, I think this is really applicable to any service business. How do people reach out to you? Um, and, yeah, so and do that. They, they can reach me at uh, my email address is info, I-N-F-O at tinaservice.com. And my last name is spelled a little funky. So T-I-N-A-S-E-R-V-I-S.com. So info at tinaservice.com. And I will be doing a masterclass on this too. So if anyone is interested in that, let me know, send me over an email, give me a call. Um, I can go post it someplace, my phone number, but info at tinaservice.com. Yeah, we can post it um, myself or I've got to hop on a call. But if you hop on the Facebook Live and put it in the bottom, I'll make sure it's on the different places we we, pass, we plaster it. But info at uh, tinaservice.com. Check it out, folks. Tina runs the AR. She's got the education, the background, and the real-life experience. And to watch somebody scale uh, multi-seven-figure businesses with an HR background, um, like I said, don't reinvent the wheel. Go find somebody who's been there and done that. And yeah. that will help you scale that business. And this is this pain point's not going anywhere, in my opinion. I think it's only going to get worse. So, Tina, I really offer, I thank you for joining us. Go check out Tina's Mastermind, info at tinaservice.com. SA Weekly Talk Show is going to be coming back to you at our normal time, 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central, right here, Facebook Live, uh, with another expert uh, coming on, Jonathan Comrell of uh, the CBF coaching uh, squad over from Debbie Sardone. So uh, Jonathan's famous for dropping the mic. So I'm, I'm sure Jonathan will be dropping the mic several times uh, next week. And he is hot off the presses from uh, the Dallas Fort Worth CBF live where, you know, probably three, maybe 400 cleaning professionals met together. But if you're looking HR and the masterminds, check Tina out. I personally endorse her after seeing what's going on with the cleaners at my place. So we'll see you again, 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central, SA Weekly Talk Show, Mike Callahan. Thanks, guys. Thanks, team. If you like this show, you might want to check out our resources at www.startsimplegrowth.com. While you're there, enter to win an estimator chatbot. Mike Callahan is available for private coaching.